Yay! Welcome back to Horror Hunts. It's your girl Meg here with my bestie. Ah, uh, me. It's the, you know, your favorite comic relief Brit. It me, V. It me, B. <laughs> I was about to say that should be your new intro. It me, V. It me, V. Short and sweet, like me. Wait, are you? Wait, I forget how tall are you? We've we've never met each other, so we don't know how tall I, one another I think are. I'm like five 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 six, so I'm like mm. medium height. Okay, I think I'm like five three five four, so you're taller than me. Only by slightly. Well, if I'm not wearing platforms, yeah. So, ooh, when we go out together, are we both gonna be rocking platforms? Um. Probably, I will probably have to wear platforms on the plane because I think <laughs> they'll be too heavy and too big to fit my suitcase. <laughs> okay, that's perfect. Well, I don't know what shoe size you wear, but I we talked how we're like the same clothes size. So if we wear around the same shoe size, you yeah. can wear some of my shoes. It, it's difficult to say because you've got like the sizing is different in the yeah. US to UK. So my shoe size is seven eight. In that's UK. That's that's shoe size. That's literally it. I went thrifting the other day and I got like these hand embroidered shoes. They're like super pretty, and um, it said UK size forty one. That is not fucking. UK and I was size. like, what the fuck does this mean? So um, I guess I wear a a forty one in UK. If anybody knows what shoe size that is, um, that's a size seven apparently that's eu size so they must have got it confused so um eus do it like 40 41 i was gonna say they're a little bit big but like they're so stunning that i was just like i'll just let them flop around so you're probably a size six in uk so i'm I'm like an I was gonna say i'm like an eight and a half nine in american let's have a look Okay, so that would be UK size seven point like seven and a half or eight. So do we wear the same shoe size? I think so, yeah. See, so we're just gonna be clothes swapping and shoe swapping when you're here. This this is what I said. We are the same thing, different shape. <laughs> yes, this is like probably riveting horror podcasting, us talking about our shoe sizes, but it's been a slow horror news week. Something, though, that we didn't get to last time that I just remembered because, you know, like, Dead Dad, like, took over <laughs> our last episode. Yeah. I don't know if you just heard that little bark, but that was my dog crying in her sleep, and she's so cute. Um, But uh, the Yellow Jackets trailer. Wasn't it has the full trailer come out or was it still the teaser? No, the full trailer came out. Did I watch v, the did you? Trailer? I was about to say, did you? Did I miss this? This did I? Did I miss this? This I? Did I miss this? Did I miss this information? Did I? I think I did. I think I missed it. How the fuck did I miss this? Why don't we take a pause and watch the trailer? Oh, oh, <laughs> oh! Didi Elmo's world. Welcome back after that short intermission. We had to take a break to watch the Yellow Dragons trailer. And then um, I don't know how to work FaceTime, apparently. But um, the first thoughts on that trailer that we got a couple of weeks ago. So 
it's definitely gonna be interesting um definitely I'm very excited, and Elijah Wood is, like, one of my favorite people ever. Oh, my God. I'm super excited to see Elijah Wood. His character, I think, is going to add a whole extra layer to, like, the Misty situation, Mm. which the part where she goes, Misty, don't cry. Babies cry. I'm like, what sort of trauma are we about to unpack in the second (sighs) season? We're going to get so much shit, because obviously we're going to get adult Lottie, and we just see like flashes of clips from mm. you know what's gonna happen in this season and there's a clip that flashes that is misty getting electroshock therapy not is misty, misty? Lottie. i was about no, to say lottie. i was like i couldn't quite tell who it was i had but... i had lottie i had misty on my mind so it was lottie <laughs> getting electroshock therapy so either that's before the pain crash or that's after the pain crash so my my thing is, we saw. I thought it was like Shauna screaming. Does Shauna have her baby? Because she's she that she has to have that baby out there. There is no other way because they are still very early on. In when we leave them off in season one, they're still very early on into their, you know, journey in the wilderness. Yeah. So she has to have that baby out there and we need, and you know, we need to find out what happened to the baby. Either like the baby lived and was given up for adoption because she doesn't want the reminder of what happened out there. Maybe. Or the baby dies. But either way, we're going to find out what happens to that baby in season two. I know. I'm like... Or that's going to be like one of the last scenes in season two and then we won't find out what happens to the baby until season three. I could also see them doing that. But I just feel Mm -hmm. like this season is going to be chock full of tomfoolery. Mm -hmm. Like, the the first season didn't let up on its suspense and its twists and its turns. So I'm excited to see where the second season is -hmm. going to go. Speaking of second seasons, did you see that everyone's new obsession, The Last of Us, just got signed for a second season at HBO Max? I mean, they had to. They had to. People were already saying, after the first episode dropped, that, okay, season two, they need to cast this person's Abby and this person is this and blah, blah, blah. And, like, people already, like, assuming that HBO were going to renew it for a second season. Surprise, surprise, they did. Because there's only two games, are they just going to leave it at two seasons or are they going to continue on with the story? So my question is... Is there a conclusion in the second game? Mm. Or is it open-ended? It's open-ended. So it does okay. leave it open for another game, technically. It depends on if they want to release that third season before the third game ever materializes okay well here's my thing hbo max should have learned from their game of thrones debacle that maybe you should wait for the source material to come out now i'm somebody who watched game of thrones and loved the the last season because like the whole time in game of thrones like you could see where it was going and like who was going to be the villain in the end but like because it wasn't completely fleshed out because you didn't have the source material from george rr martin 
everybody was up in arms and it just went so fast. So I think that they'd be doing a disservice to themselves if they are so closely following the game to just completely derail that and just write whatever they want to write, regardless if the game creator is involved or not. Mm -hmm. 100%. Well, we don't know there is going to be a third game. I would hope there would be because the ending of the last of us part two is technically called part two but the second last of us game is open for it to continue if they wanted to continue it they have to be cooking for a third gameplay because they see how well the tv show is doing it's such a beloved franchise such a beloved franchise see and you know what's gonna happen i have absolutely no context of what's happening i think we had mentioned this in an earlier episode like i don't know shit about jack in this game (laughs) like legitimately don't know what's gonna happen but i sent you that tiktok of a guy like breaking down like these are the infected stages like these are clickers these are like the rat king or whatever Mm -hmm. whatever the hell it's called and i'm just like whoa this show is gonna go places that i never thought it would because i just thought that the clickers were the end all be all but um yeah seems like this story is definitely got a lot of stuff a hundred percent, a hundred percent. So it there it is very close to the game. There is a few slight changes. So in the game, um the infect the infection um spread by spores. So the characters would have to wear gas masks around the game when they're going into closed environments because, you know, inhaling the spores will get you infected. Also, having to be bit would get you infected, right? I would say just go ahead and, like, shoot me in the head if that was me. Like, ain't no way. Literally. But they changed it for the TV series. That makes sense. Well... This is also another reason why they changed it is because the um the guys who are creating it adapting it to live t- live TV live TV yeah. um <laughs> created um Chernobyl the TV series oh my god and obviously they're wearing gas masks a lot and they found it very very difficult to convey emotions yeah. when your characters are ninety percent wearing the time. Or face ma- uh, like gas masks, so they went with an an earlier concept from the game when it was in development, um, where the infection got spread in another way. It is good that they did that slight change, um, but people were like saying like, well, if you had Pedro Pascal, I wouldn't want to cover his face either. <laughs> That's kind of what I was getting at. Like you're paying him and like these people probably really good money. And if they don't fight for more money for season two, I'm going to be upset. But, like, he's kind of popping off recently. I mean, he's the Mandalorian. So, like, if you're going to get this big, big-named actor in there, why would you want to cover their faces? But also, I'm sure it'd be hard to, like, mic and, like, do all of that. But it makes sense that the people that did Chernobyl did this, though, because, like, visually... Mm-hmm. So stunning, both of those series. Literally so stunning. And there are so many things that are pulled straight from the game that you could literally go onto YouTube uh, or TikTok or anywhere online and it'll show you side-by-side comparisons of what was from the game and what is from the, like, what is in the TV show. So 
you know, if you've seen the first episode, you'll know the very long drive sequence from Droll, Joel and Sarah's house to the city. And that is shot for shot from the game. Literally, though, when Val and I were watching this, I said to them, I was like, this has to be a shot for shot. Like, this has to be. Just the way that the camera was moving and jostling was really, really cool. But I've seen the TikToks. So um, my question is, whose decision was it to make all of the clickers have like a hive mind mentality? Because holy God, that's terrifying. It is terrifying, but also, if you think about it, it kind of makes a lot of sense. Well, if it's fungi, it does. Mm. But like, Lord Jesus, when in the end of that second episode, spoiler alert to, you know, whoever gives a shit. Um, I mean, but- if you've played the game, you're watching the TV show or, you know, you're keeping up with the TV show as it comes out. Yeah, but like when they killed that one infected person and then the others woke up oh my god that was like pit in my stomach that entire time he was like you've got one minute i was just like flick that lighter baby come on no honestly but i i this is what's bugged me so a lot of people well a lot of articles online were talking about that end bit if you know what i mean like that yes. infected with tests but someone put it so perfectly online so as you mentioned it's a hive mind all tess wanted was that one last kiss from joel and because she's infected she's technically part of the hive mind so the hive mind knew what she wanted in that moment so that's why that infected did what kissed her yeah because the hive mind were reading her mind and she was just wanting that one last affectionate thing from Joel. Because when, you know, she's like, I never asked you to feel the same way that I did. And she was just hoping in that moment he would give her one last kiss. I mean, I know why he didn't because, Mm. you know. Yeah, but... That's what she wanted in that moment. And the hive mind could feel that and sense that. That's why that scene happened the way it did. So I don't know why people, articles were writing that people were like, you know, disgusted by it, it wasn't needed. But I saw so many people online saying that scene was intense. And it It was, was. it was like very uncomfortable. Yeah, but when you when you understand the hive mind mentality, it makes a lot more sense as to why that scene happened the way it did. Yeah, and man, those clickers can move, dude! Like, yeah. holy god! Yeah. Just you wait, Gally Pop. Just you wait. Oh um, no, I'm scared. <laughs> obviously, when we're recording this, it's the uh, um Sunday the 29th. So when this episode gets released. There will be two, well, one or two more episodes out of The yeah. Last of Us. So apologies if it sounds like we're behind. I was about to say, our horror news is always a little bit behind. Yeah, it's because we're up to date as we're recording it. But when it's released, we're out of date. But it's fine. Yeah. I always have to give myself like a buffer if I'm like, man, I don't want to fucking edit this today. <laughs> so <laughs> yeah, sorry if we're ever delayed. Um, but Shit who happens. cares? Yeah, yeah, who cares? Shit happens. Um, like we can't we can't release one every week. 
like we would like to but sometimes life gets in the way and you know we're, we're only professional human. podcasters yeah. like we do this for fun we do it for, for fun funsies. but yeah i am i'm excited to see where the season is going to take us that's for sure i know you know but well but i know what happens in the game and i know they said that they've you know gone to as they're closely following the source material but there are still changes that they could make that fans of the game won't know about so even though yes i'm saying like oh i know what happens blah 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 they could completely do a left turn and just blindside us by something what an interesting energy this is though like you knowing what's going on and me having like no clue at all mm-hmm. and trust me when they followed the second game oh prepare for tears okay noted so as we're recording this <laughs> the oscar yes. nominations have come out and you're probably thinking v meg why are you talking about the oscars no horror films were nominated exactly no horror films were fucking nominated once again at this year's Oscars. The Academy is fucking bullshit. Nope. Got zero fucking nominations. And that was a fucking gorgeous film. I don't know how Nope escaped. They hate Jordan Phil. That is it. They just hate him for some reason. Or they just don't see horror as true cinema. But also... Mia Goff did not get nominated for her role as Pearl. And she put her whole fucking pedussy in that role. She sure did. I obviously don't want to, like, comment too much on the whole Mia Goff thing because, you know, you haven't seen Pearl. I've seen clips, unfortunately. So I know that. And obviously they're, uh, please, I'm a star! It's like um <laughs> trending on tiktok as a sound so but i can just feel from the clips i've seen that she put everything into that role she seriously did put everything into that role and i'm not just saying that because it's pearl and mia goth and ty west but like seriously it it's like the tony collette shit like mm-hmm. how are you going to have somebody give such like a powerfully moving performance and you just turn the blind eye because of the genre that it's in like that's bullshit i mean fucking scorsese has gone on to talk about pearl like this movie is stunning i'm super pissed off about it but i know that mia goth was too um did yes. you see her quote oh my god good for her though (laughs) good for her she says a change is necessary a shift should take place if they wanted to engage with the wider public i think it would be of benefit really to nominate horror movies because like jordan peele they think a lot of horror filmmakers they think completely out of the box i just don't understand why they were not nominated for like set because the stuff that they did on the set of nope Mm -hmm. to achieve the dark shots i don't know how they weren't nominated or for Mm -hmm. best visual effects like i'm sorry if you have freaking like black panther on there and the batman like you should include nope Mm -hmm. like the visuals in that but on it but let's as 
someone who is a Marvel fan and a DC fan, it took a very long time for them to nominate those kinds of films. So, unfortunately, change does happen, but unfortunately for horror, it's just not happening. But that's what I'm saying. Like, if you're going to start including films of these genres, why Mm -hmm. aren't we opening this up to all genres? Just because it might have a taboo subject or like imagery, it it doesn't mean that it's not like good cinema. Exactly. But not only did Jordan Peele's um, Nope not get nominated, Jordan Peele's Wendell and Wilde did not get nominated for an Oscar. And that is visually stunning. How that did not get nominated for Best Animated Feature is beyond me. They just hate that man. And you know what? He deserves a fucking Oscar. Uh, it's just, oh, there have been so many horror films from the past years that have just been so visually beautiful that deserved a nomination and just didn't get it. Even though I'm pissed, I am very happy that Everything Everywhere All at Once got the nominations it fucking deserves. And I hope they win in every single category. And I hope Brendan Fraser wins for Best Actor as the Whale. Because that man is everything and I love him to death. He deserves everything. Why don't die? <laughs> I haven't seen either one of those movies, so I can't comment on... I haven't seen The Whale, but I just want everything for Brendan Fraser. I I think he deserves so much more than what Hollywood has given him. I saw somebody on Twitter say, how did he come back from being cancelled? And somebody quoted it and was like, he was literally assaulted. Like, it wasn't that he was cancelled. So, <laughs> he got blacklisted I, by I Hollywood. Agree. Like, I love seeing people make a comeback, especially people like him. So, if we can't have Mia Goth, let's have uh, Brendan Fraser. Our, our surrogate father. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah. Every, everywhere, everything, everywhere, all I want is a stunning film. And the fact that it's taken this long to get this many um, Asian actors nominated is atrocious. And you know, I, I hope they take it all. You know, historically, the the Academy, they don't really recognize many people that aren't white, um, mm-hmm. So it doesn't really surprise me at all, but we do have the Fangoria Chainsaw Award. So yes. you know, if we can't if we can't um, see horror cinema at the Academy, at least we know we have one place of solstice in the um, award seasons. Yes, yes, it's the only awards that really matter to us. That's but true. I will I will be keeping up with the Oscars just to see my my boy win. I'm I'm still a little bit upset about the Pearl situation. So I don't know. Oh, I I'm upset about everything, but that's just me. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be upset about today's topic because this is like your ish. I I would say it's part of my ish. I have definitely part of watched, your ish. Um, but today's topic is about South Korean horror, which I think produces some of the greatest horror films out there so south korean cinema is not something that i grew up watching um so i really have um until like being your friend like i i never watched this um but i think that the next foreign country that we should do is the italia because i love italian horror um but yeah i had 
I had no idea what I was going in for with uh, the South Korean horror genre. And let me just say, as somebody who did not really watch a lot of it, um, this is like balls to the wall with emotion in these films. And I love movies like that. So this was a fun week for me. Yeah, honestly, like they managed to do concepts that have already been done. Give it something new. Like, mm-hmm. we're not talking about it today, but Train to Busan huh. is one of the greatest zombie films that has ever been out there. But we do have a zombie film on here today. Yeah, um, we do. And if you want to listen to us talk about Train to Busan, you can listen to, I think it was Mummies versus Zombies? Yes. Um, a versus Mummies episode versus where we... Yeah, I I brought up Train to Busan, so yes, definitely you watched it, and you were like, "Bitch, this film is insane." <laughs> I know. I watched it, and I was like sending you and Alice actually, um, both Snapchats of me like being like, "I'm sweating," like I, I'm like I feel so many feelings, and like you really do when you watch these movies. I have seen quite a few uh, South Korean um, media, but I enjoyed their horror so much more. So, like, Train to Busan, Parasite, the three films that we're talking about on here, um, The Strangers, like, there are so many good ones because they have such an integrated story in Mm. them. And when you watch them, you're like, either on your edge of your seat or you're like thinking of like what the fuck is this what am i watching what is gonna happen next like two of these films i remember watching them and i was like what the fuck is happening i am confused (laughs) literally like one of these wrapped up and i was like it was just me and i was laying in bed and i i literally looked around kind of like that that gif where they're like what what I was, like, looking for a camera, like, am I being punked right now? Like, what just <laughs> happened? But, yeah, it, not only that, but the way that they dramatize the, like, really terrifying parts of the movies is so good. Like, their scores are very subtle, and then they can get right in your face. Like, normally with American um scores it's kind of like throughout but they really know how to like fine-tune it in um these films a hundred percent and I think that's probably why I also enjoyed them a lot more because they uh, unfortunately a lot of American horror films are very jump scary yeah with the crash bang wallet boom exactly scary image in your face yeah whereas these like yes there are very intense scenes that happen that do make you kind of go, ooh. But, like, mm-hmm. they don't make you feel like it was unnecessary, the, like, loud sounds. Yeah. Because it builds like you a, up. Yeah, it's almost like a crescendo into, like, mm-hmm. what's going on to just give you enough, like, unsettling feelings in your body to, like, really make the scary things land. And some of the things that in in these movies really shook me to my core, I'm not going to lie to you. (laughs) So, which one did you want to talk about first? (laughs) So, I guess you want to go in order from oldest to newest. Okay. Okay, so that means we will start with the 2003 film, A Tale of Two Sisters. Now, 
I don't think we should give away too much of this film. I, I no, I totally agree. I don't think that we should give away a hundred percent because it it does have some really good twists to it. Like mm-hmm. movies like this are the reason why I like ghost and like haunting type of stories because sometimes the scariest thing in horror is not when a place is haunted, but it's a person. Mm-hmm. God was this movie definitely haunting (laughs) yes so the description for this film is after spending time in a mental hospital a girl is reunited with her sister and returns home only to see some truly strange events start to happen yeah this this movie really surprised me like it started off slow and i was it took me like I watched 10 minutes and then I stopped it and I did something and then I watched like five minutes and then I stopped it and I watched another five minutes and then I was like, okay, hold on. I need to like restart and like recalibrate my mind and I'm so glad that I did because like it took me on a ride. Mm, It does. So this whole film throughout makes you question what you're seeing. It makes you feel like you're, something's not right with you. Yeah, so... You see um, Su Min arrive back from the mental hospital um, with her dad dropping her off with um, her sister as well, Su Yin. Um, They entered the house and the stepmother is there. Literally, that's all she's called is the stepmother. She doesn't have a name. That goes to show that when a character is only called by, you know, stepmother or stepfather, like, there ain't something right with them. But yeah throughout the stepmother just seems very like strange so you kind of like what's going on with her like is she okay is she the one that's not well like is she evil like does she want to you know kill su min or su yen like you you all you're like all of a sudden got all these questions in your head throughout the film um it's so interesting when you get to the end and you find out what you find out yeah yeah like it makes you speechless yeah this movie is able to like achieve an eerie feeling without relying on jump scares like we mentioned earlier like a lot of american cinema does um and it really like chills you when you Mm kind of take a step back and like realize that um but (laughs) one thing about this movie it was i don't know if that's just how they create their their media but it felt like very soap opera-y to me like the the music gave me like soap opera vibes not gonna lie (laughs) oh my god i love k-dramas they are so good (laughs) like now there was a couple of jump scares in this movie but i thought that they were really effective in the way that they did them because normally like i'm like okay it's gonna be a jump scare like i can almost feel it but um the like bent neck lady in black when we first see her like haunting in the bedroom oh my god i Mm -hmm. nearly jumped out of my britches i was like oh my god yeah it's extremely terrifying but what makes it even more terrifying is when you find out at the end who the bent neck lady is and why she has a bent neck yeah yeah uh i couldn't tell where this movie was going in the beginning half and then in the end half and then 
toward the end, I was like, okay, I think I have a concept of how this is going to go. And then it was just like, LOL, LOL, LOL reverse. Like it just kept like changing. And, and I loved watching the evolution. And once all of the puzzle pieces started to fall together toward the end, I was like, I've seen this movie before. I've seen this movie before, but it wasn't this movie. When I was younger, I was obsessed with the movie called The Uninvited, and um, it has a similar storyline. And so after I finished watching Tale of Two Sisters, because I like it hit me about like 20 minutes out of the ending. I googled it, and yes, it's the American um, adaptation of A Tale of Two Sisters. <laughs> <laughs> of course, of course it is. <laughs> no, dude, I was like obsessed with that movie when I was younger, and I guess that's why I liked A Tale of Two Sisters so much, is because mm. I'd been watching it, but there was something so effective with the pacing and the score and the use of their jump scares that was just so good and really beautiful, mm. too really really is i i i really enjoy this film like if you want to get into um south korean horror films you should definitely give that one a watch because it is raved about within like the foreign film community um well especially the south korean horror community it is so beloved and when you watch it, you will understand why. Because, like Meg said, it just it just kept surprising you, and like the the turns that it kept giving you. When you thought you figured it out, bitch, no, it's going this direction. Mm-hmm. So hopefully, we haven't spoiled too much of it for you. I don't we think we you- have. No, because we haven't even mentioned like what it ending is, and oh my god, I that know. ending. And that's what I'm saying. Like, uh, um, I definitely felt like such an ignorant American this week um, because I'm like, I've been sleeping on South Korea. Like, what the hell? So, yeah, I definitely recommend watching all of these movies that we're talking about today because they're all so different from one another, like in pacing and cinematography and the stories like they're they all give such a wide variety. But this next movie, the 2016 <gasps> movie called The Wailing. V, I'm scared and confused. <laughs> uh, yeah, so um, I didn't pre-warn Meg, but this is a very no. fucking long film. It yeah, is a fuck very you. long film. <laughs> but it is so good. I, for some reason, thought I had seen this movie, but I hadn't. And so now I'm kind of like wondering what movie I did see. Don't but I? It, I have no idea. I But I didn't know what I signed up for with The Wailing. <laughs> um, this film was like stunning to watch. The cinematography was beautiful and the story was so dark. So the way that they were able to contrast those two things was so well balanced. Yeah. God damn. (laughs) I know. So the description for this film is soon after a stranger arrives into a little village, a mysterious sickness starts to spread. A policeman um, drawn into the incident is forced to solve the mystery in order to save his daughter. The murder scenes in this film are fucking horrific. (laughs) 
You want to know what's uh, horrific? Do you want to know what's horrific? The the crawling, blood-soaked Japanese man is going to haunt me for the rest of my life. Mm. So this story, there is a um, Japanese man, and people think that he is um, an evil spirit or the devil or something. Um, and there is a scene or several scenes where he is naked except for a diaper or like underwear. And it's a diaper. A diaper. And he's on all fours. And there's a scene where his eyes are red and his face is covered in blood because he's, I don't know, eating people, animals, whatever the fuck he's eating. And he comes over a rock and peers straight into the camera. And V, I see that when I close my eyes at night. (laughs) Why didn't you tell me? (laughs) Because I wanted you to go into this film not knowing what to expect. Blind as a bat. (laughs) (laughs) I wanted to, I picked these three films because they were three different films to each other. Yeah, definitely. And I remember watching this film for the first time oh like again it's one of those ones that you're very confused about like you don't know who to believe you don't know what is going on is the japanese man evil is 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 he a is he a person is he a ghost like you're questioning throughout and then you get drawn into the story of the policeman who's our main character and then you ask the question, what did I just watch at the end? Because I will say I had to go and watch um, an explained video on this one because I feel like I may have enjoyed this more if I did a rewatch and like had known what was going on in the story. But like I couldn't, I could not bring myself to rewatch an almost three hour movie. I'm sorry. It was so good, but it's a film that I will never watch again. Like, legitimately, I will never watch again. It, it, it's gruesome. Like, it even is. the special effects for the people who are infected or um, uh, possessed, whatever you want to call these people, look so painful. And, like, they were able to achieve the, that look. It, it was grotesque. Like, the special effects in this movie were amazing. But what really unsettled me was all of the scenes at the Japanese man's house. Those deeply made me uncomfortable. Yes, the dog scene. Go ahead and pre-warn everyone. There is a brutal dog death in this movie. To the point where I was like, most of the time I can like look away. I couldn't listen. I couldn't do it in this movie. Like this movie was intense. Mm-hmm. But that shrine. That shrine mm. room, holy shit! Mm-hmm. It's when they're in the car, and his his police buddy, who's in the passenger seat, is just there, not speaking, and he's like, "Yo, what's wrong?" The pa- like his police buddy pulls out a shoe, and written inside the shoe is our main policeman's daughter's name. And in that moment, you just sink and you're like, what the fuck? Which, if you saw the things that he saw and we saw a little bit of in the shrine room, like, there's no way that you would want her anywhere involved in that. And you're right, like, you just sink. But 
one scene that like made me feel the like terror in my bones was the shaman scene where we get this like really rhythmic pounding and chanting and singing and screaming like literally wailing Mm -hmm. was so profoundly unnerving that that's another reason why I was like "Mm, I don't know if I can watch this again because like you truly feel it in your whole body when that music is playing but this is kind of where it goes off of the tracks for me because maybe I I missed something but like you didn't really know if the shaman was helping if the shaman was hurting what was going on until closer toward the end of the film but god that scene was wild man yeah it's the whole the whole film is brutal and horrific but also beautiful and then when you get the reveal at the end oh my god that that ending is so heart-wrenching and so heartbreaking oh my god again we're not gonna spoil it for you um it's definitely worth watching yes it's a long film but it is 100% worth watching even if you just watch it once yeah, even if you just watch it once, it has the Meg stamp of approval when it comes to like a long film. Like, definitely mm-hmm. watch it, even if you just watch it for once, because, like you said, and I said earlier, the brutality of this movie mixed with like the stunning cinematography is what makes this movie so beautiful. Mm-hmm. But for me, even though it was a long film, it kept me engaged the whole time. Whole time. The, the pacing of this movie was really nice because it, it was spaced out so that it didn't feel like everything happened all in the beginning or mm-hmm. all in the middle or all in the end. Like you had, like you never had a plateau of action. Like it was constantly moving. So yeah, definitely recommend this one. It wasn't my favorite. I think this is my least favorite out of all of them. But the next movie that we're talking about is my favorite. Yeah, so this one is um called Hashtag Alive and it's from 2020. Um you can watch it on Netflix because it is a Netflix film. Yeah. Yeah, this is our zombie film for the list. Yeah, and it's a solid one, man. Listen, I watched this when it came out, when it was released on Netflix in 2020, because I was like, this looks so intriguing and so fascinating. I have to watch it. And my God. So oh, listen, I'm t- I'm letting you take the reins on this because <laughs> this was your first time watching it and you were texting me and you're like, bitch, I ain't surviving this. <laughs> you're like, no, I'm literally, dead. like, I have decided after watching this and Train to Busan, um, I would not be surviving a South Korean zombie attack um, slash apocalypse. Like, I just wouldn't. Not only are they fast, but they're also smart. And that is what's scary. <laughs> no, honestly, some of these scenes with, the, the 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 zombies like you literally shit your pants like you do and like the thing that's that's really crazy about this movie is that it starts so quickly so we see our main character in a, an apartment a high rise by himself gaming family's gone out to like get groceries or something and it starts it starts without any sort of warning. I was thrown into it, but I'm thankful. 
But the thing that makes this zombie movie, I think, different from a lot of zombie movies that I have seen is that it's a pandemic horror movie. Like, it it plays with isolation. And to me, I think that that is, like, in our core as human beings, we don't want to be alone. So it toys with the biggest fear as a human, like, you're alone. And I think that we will see a lot more of horror films that do that because of the pandemic, because people who had to isolate or quarantine alone. And like, imagine you had to isolate and quarantine alone and it was zombies. Mm -hmm. Like you couldn't go outside and go for a walk and like get that fresh air. You are stuck in a high rise with these people and you can watch them. He watched them in the street annihilate people. Like that has to do some shit to your psyche, dude. Yeah, like when you see in one of the like opening scenes, um, people running out of the high rise apartment, you see this mother walking outside with a meat cleaver, and you see her daughter coming back from like school, and like they like the mother embraces the daughter in the middle of all this chaos, and as the mother's embracing the daughter. The daughter turns and just starts biting the shit out of her mother. Our main character sees that and it's just probably like a moment of like, fuck this shit. And he basically just decides that he's going to lock himself in. Which is smart. Yeah, he's just, you know, going to try and um, zombie proof like, you know, the apartment as best he can. Obviously, before he could lock his front door, a gentleman runs in. You know, our main character hears about how the infection spreads. Stranger comes out, spitting on the hand, and starts turning in front of him. And we see the turning progression happen in front of us. And it's oh, And it's jarring. Like, the way the body moves in it. I think the character's name was John Woo. I'm... I hope that I'm not mispronouncing that. Um, you know, if you listen to Horror Hunts, that we don't know how to say anyone's names. Um, so... Hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. Junwoo, I think. Oh, Junwoo. Junwoo. Okay. Junwoo. Junwoo. Yes. Um, we see... And I think I texted you about this. In his apartment, he had barricaded the door and he with a refrigerator. And somehow... One of these zombies is able to get through that. And in that moment is when I was like, yeah, there's absolutely no hope for me. I probably would have done what he tried to do in that situation because we see this main character try and kill himself because he's like, my rations are low. I don't want to get eaten. He, his family is dead. Well, no, he gets a text from his family saying they're alive. But at this point... Didn't he already hear the message that they were dying? I can't remember. I can't remember either, but I think that he gets a <laughs> voicemail and, like, he can hear his family being eaten. And he's like, I know I'm not going to survive this. There's not going to be a rescue team that'll get to me before I can starve or get eaten. So I'm going to take my own life. And um, he stopped. I mean, he... He's performing the task, but um, he's stopped by somebody that has a laser pointer across the the way from him. And basically, they're like, don't be stupid. I love you, Ben. 
Oh, yes. You Bin is such a badass lady. Uh, so I to God, she she really oh. is. And I like that they give them companionship in this movie like it gives it so much more heart um i enjoyed watching him like trying to survive solo but just having another person to fight for is what felt right for this movie because they send each other rations and they have this really cute quarantine meal with each other from across the way using walkie talkies and then it gets really depressing from there because shit starts to go awry real fast so when they're trying to get a line across to each other so they can send each other rations um one of the lines didn't work and a zombie fireman comes across the line fucking zombie fireman (laughs) and you hear on the news that these zombies have instincts from like i think their past life so this this fireman zombie had an instinct to climb that rope so he starts pulling that rope, knocks out Yubin, and is like climbing up. So um, Jean Wu, uh, Jean Wu, um, like tries to distract that zombie with um, like a little drone. Drone gets knocked down. So he distracted the fireman zombie long enough, and badass Miss Subin, um, bang bish bash bosh done but they realize that they need to make a move they can't stay in their departments forever so um she looks in his apartment block to see if there's anything empty she says that the eighth floor is empty remember the eighth floor Mm -hmm. so then we get this back badass sequence of her like jumping out of her apartment building which the actress did that stunt herself so per oh i was about mm-hmm. to say miss ma'am miss ma'am did that herself and you know what we love to see it and love now we it. just get this really cool sequence of her like fighting off zombies and being a total badass like, yeah and you know our, our main dude is like whoa who is she like mesmerized by this badass lady and you know what she is i would give my life for her she is a badass lady because if you remember there's a scene where she has one like tied up in her apartment Mm. but we see these two get to like embrace each other and like see each other and try and make a plan to survive and they find another survivor or so they fucking thought Yes. I don't really want to talk about this like part too much because No. It is stressful watching it. Oh my god, it's so stressful. Like it put me on edge the entire time because I was like, you did not just give me all of this mm-hmm. to have it ripped away from me. Um Honestly. so I definitely recommend people going on Netflix and watching this because it kind of takes your zombie story and adds a more human component to it because humans are fucked up creatures Mm -hmm. and you see that but ultimately i i enjoyed the way that this ended like i adored this movie it was definitely my favorite out of the three me too and i really enjoyed the aspect of using technology and social media in this film yeah, I saw somebody on Letterboxd, like, shitting on that, like, being like, this is so stupid, and I'm just like, get the fuck over it. Like, that's 
what this whole message is, is like the ending where you see all the sky rises and you see these pleas for help from people because that's really what it would be like. Yeah, because we got to think about it. We've not really had a zombie film that's really embraced the technology side of like what technology people would have. So our main character had a VR drone bit so he could like watch the drone as it like drives by. He made vlogs. He was um a streamer. He like used the social and technology part around him. And you know what? I would be doing the same. I'm I'm still laughing at him being like subscribe to my YouTube channel. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's like there's gonna be nobody to subscribe to your YouTube channel, no. babes. But the we'll grind get right on that. never stops. Never. Ever. It'll be us. It'll be us if a zombie apocalypse happened. We'll be recording a podcast and it'll be like ah, follow us. So in this week's horror news, shit's getting crazy out there. But yeah, um, speaking of social media, you can follow us on social media and you could give us another South Korean horror movie to watch because clearly I have some catching up to do. V, what's our social medias? It is Instagram at horrorhandspodcast and Twitter at horrorhandspod. You know, you can also subscribe to our link tree. So if we put any new links on there or update it, you can get a notification as to when we do that. Yeah, so um, follow us on socials. Hit us up. Um, oh, perfect. Oh, she was so grouchy. I'm sorry if I've been distracted this episode. She's sleeping and she just looks so angelic. Oh, I love you, chicken. Um, but yeah, um, if you have any recommendations on what you want us to hear uh, or what you want to hear from us next, please let us know because... I will just say I'm pretty excited for the next couple of weeks' topics. Yes, yes. I mean, the next couple of weeks have definitely been your suggestions. And I've just gone, <laughs> I'm more than happy to follow along. Yes, so, um... <laughs> so strap in, bitches. You know it's going to be vintage. <laughs> You know it's going to be like vintage and aesthetically pleasing <laughs> and maybe a little sad. Um, So, yeah. <laughs> definitely def- sad. Definitely. Oh, definitely sad. So get your Kleenexes ready. But V, do you have any final thoughts for today's episode? Just watch more foreign films, um, especially South Korean horrors, because there are so many fantastic ones. I would say probably just palm off the american remakes to foreign films and just watch the original hey but films. the uninvited is pretty good i'm not gonna lie to you but taylor two sisters is better i was about to say but like the original is pretty good and thank you so much for broadening my horizons on today's episode i appreciate you bestie <laughs> bye bye <laughs>